Are you one of the lucky ones who has found their soulmate? Or maybe you feel that you met your soulmate but let them go. Hmm. My name is Rabbi Yitzwine, and I'm the rabbi of Young Israel Aish of Las Vegas. Welcome to the Life is Great community. Today we're talking about finding your soulmate. Now, in the discussion of soulmate, you'll come across two Hebrew terms. One is zivug, which means a pair, your pair, your match, literally. Or then the, uh, the other term is your besheret. A besheret would be your destined one, your, really your soulmate in that, in that regard. Now, the difference between the two of them is the following. The zivug is one of a thousand maybe one of thousands of people that at any particular point in your life, you could be paired up with. And if you're motivated and they're motivated and you're wise and they're wise, you, the two of you can live a very happy, fulfilling, wonderful life together. They are, that's your zivug. It's your pair. Your besheret refers to the top piece of Jewish tradition that says that 40 days after conception, a voice from heaven comes out and says, so-and-so will marry so-and-so. And that is something that is predestined from even before the two souls um, have come into this world. Now, the way we view things is that if you get your zivug, uh, your pair, your match, then we kind of assume that's your b'sher. <laughs> we just kind of hope it is, all right? <laughs> okay, maybe it is, maybe it's not. But that's, that's kind of how we view things. And as we progress in our own lives, as you could imagine, uh, as we change, we become different. Uh, our zivug will change and be different because we'll be attracted to different things. Different people will be attracted to us. So right now, I want to talk about what you should look for in trying to identify your zivug. And there are basically four things. There's physical attraction. There's identifying the, the character trait of kindness identifying loyalty, and knowing that both of you have like common life goals. I'm going to go through and explain all four of these things so you know what to look for. Because as I said, if you keep your eyes and your heart open, then you will identify certainly your zivug. You will be able to find your zivug, and um, it is way less difficult than you think it is. and we'll understand why people have such difficulty in, in a little bit. But let's go through. So number one, the first thing that you have to look for in your zivug, in your soulmate, in your, you know, the person you're going to grow old with is physical attraction. And you might think, well, that's easy. Or maybe you think it's not so easy. Well, there's two elements to physical attraction. There's public attraction and there's private attraction. Private attraction is that if you are looking at this person and there's no one else around and there's no social pressure going on, but you look, it's just you and them in the privacy of your own home. Could you be intimate with them? Do you want to be intimate with them? There's yeah, no one else knows about this. And that's how you have to put it. It's, it's, it's completely private. It's just you and the other person and you're not subject to any kind of social pressure or anything that's going on, are they attractive enough to you where you say, yes, I want to be intimate with this person. Then there's public physical attraction. This is a lot, this is one is a lot more complicated. 
because this one you answer in the affirmative if you would like to walk out in public with this person next to you. Now, sometimes what happens is you'll say, um, privately, I'm game. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all in, okay? But publicly, you know, I really don't want, that, this is not the kind of person I want to be attached to publicly. And then sometimes, very interesting, you'll look at a person and you'll say, um, I know objectively this person is beautiful. And you'll say, yes, I would love to be in public with this person. But privately, they rank zero on the sexuality meter. And you say, the person does absolutely nothing for me. You say, how could that be? Well, I'll tell you something. You know, years ago, we had a, a situation in the show where I was counseling a couple and she was a former runway model and objectively absolutely beautiful. And I'm with speaking with her husband and her husband says, yes, even though we've been married, you know, some 15, 18 years, we've only been intimate like less than a handful of times. And I said, what about your children? And he said, oh yeah, they're like, <laughs> you know, test tube babies, basically. He goes, I just can't do anything. She does nothing for me. What was remarkable about this, and he, and he said, I know she's a beautiful woman, but I can barely like hold her. What was amazing is, I didn't tell him this, but I thought it. I totally get what you're talking about. Because I looked at this woman and I also said, I know objectively she's beautiful and she did absolutely nothing for me. That is an indication that the two people are not zivugim. They're not your, that your, your zivug is not going to be a person who you don't want to like, you know, dump their bones. <laughs> it just, that's, that's the way it is. So I really look at the, the issue of physical attraction more as naturally you're in unless you're out, right? It not because naturally most guys will privately be, they, they could, you know, be with a lot of different women, uh, you know, shapes and sizes. And even if they, they would view themselves saying, you know, well, I, you know, I like an hourglass figure and then they meet a girl who's a stick figure and they could be very, very satisfied and attracted to that you know, in a private setting. Um, so that might be a little easier. And then when you get to the public setting, now you have a lot more things that are in your mind in terms of what your society, your friends, your parents, you, what you think you should find attractive. So you have two things going on. One would be, uh, privately, one would be publicly. And if either or is not there, that's an indication that person is not your zivug, in which case you move on, move on. But the reason I bring out physical attraction as the first one is because it is the easiest one to knock the person out. And that's really what we're doing. The process of dating from a Jewish perspective is finding your zivug. So you say, well, you know what? They're not, uh, this one, this person is not, is not for me. And then I move on. Okay. So the next thing you're looking for is kindness. Now, kindness, it, it comes up many, many times. Uh, you know, we, we're going to even find it, you know, as the, as uh, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, the, 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 the primary thing that they kept looking for in each one of their wives is that character trait of kindness. Let me tell you what kindness is not. Kindness is not being pleasant. Kindness is not seeing a smile. Uh, the, the, the barista at Starbucks is, is that's not kind. <laughs> the fact that she makes your coffee and smiles at you and gives you a nice word when 
you know, when you walk in the door. Kindness, uh, by our definition, is someone who knows what brings you pleasure and exerts effort to bring you pleasure. That's what kindness is. There are a lot of people that do wonderful things for many other, for a lot of others, many other people. Um, they're not necessarily kind people. If the reason they're they're being nice to others or being generous to others is in order to ingratiate themselves in other people's eyes, if it's in, in order that the other people will owe them so they can later on cash in a favor, um, that's not kind. Now, now, sometimes that actually might be, it might be difficult to distinguish. Uh, very often, you know, I would hear someone say, oh, she is so kind, but then they realize afterwards it was really manipulation. It's not that she was kind. It's, you know, maybe she was trying to prove something to herself, right? Kindness means someone who wants to bring you pleasure. Now, in order to do that, they need to know what brings you pleasure. So that's why it's it's a it's a necessary component of being a zivug. Uh, you, I, perhaps you've heard of like, you know, the, the, the four love languages, right? So you can study, you know, you can go and intellectualize and say, okay, you know, this person likes acts of service. This person likes, you know, words of encouragement, you know, whatever, that, that kind of stuff. Um, but ultimately, as you have interaction after interaction after interaction with another person, either they get you or they don't get you. Either they can figure out what's going to bring you pleasure, and they're going to engage in doing that. They will override their own selfish desires and bring you pleasure, or they won't. And it has to be, and, and, and for this, this idea of kindness over here, yeah, you need a little bit of time to figure out. Like physical attraction, you can figure out pretty quickly. Kindness, you have to watch a person, experience them, spend time with them, on a certain level over and over and over again to see, do they really understand you? Um, or are they, and then, and are they interested in bringing you pleasure? Or is, are they just kind of like, they have their standard things like, you know, their standard compliments they give to everybody, their standard um, polite acts of politeness. They all, they hold the door open for everyone. Now it might be that you specifically appreciate that, but that doesn't mean they're kind because they held the door open for you. Or it doesn't mean that they necessarily are kind because they hold the door open for everyone. It just might mean that their mother did a good job. Their mother taught them, say, please, thank you, and hold the door open for people. I mean, right? That's not kindness. Okay, so so identifying, they get me, they understand what I value, and they're willing to override their basic selfish instinct in order to bring me pleasure. That is a kind person. And if they have that, they are qualifying, you know, two of the four steps, you know, to, uh, to be your, your zivug, um, your match. Number three, loyalty. Okay. Loyalty, you know, a person can be bright. They can be brilliant and funny and good looking. And if they're not loyal to you, it doesn't matter. It simply does not matter. Loyalty is that when I recognize I'm in the relationship, I'm in the relationship. That's what it means. It means that if I do something to betray the relationship, even if your standards of betrayal are different than mine, loyalty means, oh my gosh, I realize I've hurt you and I will come over to your understanding of, 
of, of what betrayal is and what, and, and what loyalty is. Loyalty is a very rare trait. It is, it is not something that anyone should take, take lightly. Um, loyalty means that, you know, when I'm in the relationship, it's not a lease, it's a buy. It means that I'm putting the other person uh, front and center of my priorities. And you can develop loyalty by asking, you know, how can I make every day? I'm one thing that I tell people to do is I say, ask yourself, what can I do to make sure to communicate uh, to the other person that they are the most important person in my life? Right. You ask yourself that question every day. Um, if you ask yourself that question every day and then actually do something once in a while, every other day anyway, <laughs> to communicate that, um, you know, you'll develop the loyalty. But again, that's intellectualizing. it. You're really looking for a character trait of loyalty, someone who, you know, they will stand by you at, regardless of your craziness. That, that, that's what loyalty is. I know you're crazy. I'm still going to stand by you. I'm still going to be kind to you. I'm not going to, you know, and, and I will adopt the other person's uh, crazy as it may be standards of betrayal. I, I will adopt them into my life. Okay. That's, that's a, it's a big one. It's a very, very big one. Okay. And then the last one is common life goals. Common life goals is perhaps the most difficult. Um, a life goal is something that if you go through your life, um, you go 20, 30 years in your life and you do not accomplish it, you will feel that your life was empty, was uh, if not completely missing, ma uh, majorly missing. Um, so life goals, uh, examples of life goals would be to have children, to raise healthy children. A, li uh, a life goal would be, you know, uh, someone who said, I want to I have accomplishments. I want to make, uh, I, I, I want to always bring godliness into the world. I want to show, I want to live a spiritual life, one that I'm connecting with my higher self. Um, one that I, a life goal would be that I, I want to look back at my days and say that I really contributed to other people's lives. You know, if one person's value is going to the mountains and other person's value is going to the beach, they should not share a ride. Unless, the, you know, it, it, you know <laughs> that's how it works. You want to find someone who's really like the most important things in their life. It doesn't have to be everything, but the most important things in their life really align with you, you know, in, in, in that regard. Now, the older you are, the more difficult it is to find because people do get set in their ways and, and they are less open to molding or morphing their life, the, the elements of a life goal. You know, I mean, you might meet a person who, is altruistic and wants to bring goodness to other people's lives, but you and her have a, a different methodology of doing that. But the life goal here, you need to like kind of somehow meet somewhere in the middle where you're in connection with that. All right. So now if you find someone who you're physically attracted to and they are kind and loyal and you have common life goals, um, don't discard them so quickly because they are, these are important things to find. They're rare, um, but they're, they're doable. Um, so our wonderful Dana Rutherford, great to have you around. Um, any questions, thoughts, comments?
up to this point. Well, thank you, Rabbi Wine. It's excellent. Um, my question is, say you find that person after like looking and looking and looking, um, how do you maintain the relationship once you've found? I know that's like a really long question. Excellent. So the short answer to this, and it's certainly worthy of another, you know, life, life is great episode. I think it's, you know, that's keeping, that's really keeping your soulmate. Mm -hmm. But the essence here is you, you, you find your, this person because this person addresses needs that you have. You have a need to be physically attracted and um, attractive to someone and to have uh sexual intimacy you have a need to receive to be in the presence of someone who is concerned about what gives you pleasure in this world and makes you happy you have a need to know that you're not alone and to know that someone will be loyal to you and say that you can rely on someone and you have a need to share your goals with others and then you find the person so you find the person because you have a need and they fulfill your needs you keep them by fulfilling their needs because they have the same needs. But now you have to change, right? But you you really go through this change. And by the way, this is this is the this is the great stumbling block, right? How do you go from as a single person, you know, having these needs and then looking for people to fulfill you, and then turning around and saying, "Oh, now I got to fulfill them." Okay. So we're going to talk about that in an upcoming Life Is Great episode. So you see right now that, that these four attributes are, they're rare, but they're very achievable. What do they depend upon? So ultimately it's two things. One is how badly do you want to find that person? How badly do you want to grow old with someone? Do you want to get married? My experience has been that most people who are not married are not married because they don't want to be married. It really is that simple. They know it's going to take effort. They don't want to put in the effort. Now we live in a very decadent society where people, it's very, people, relationships are disposable. So if you're going into that idea where relationships are disposable, you're not going to meet your, your zivug. Because a zivug means you're finding the indispensable, non-disposable relationship for you. So that that's the first thing. Um, so a person has got to want to be married. And they've got to want to find the person they want to grow old with. And the next one is, uh, and and they, they want to be able to, uh, willing to understand that put in the work in order to, to develop that, that relationship. Uh, the next one uh, that it depends upon is the amount of self-understanding and wisdom a person has. You know, um, your zivug is generally going to be on the same level of humanity as you are. <laughs> so, you know, like both of you are eights. I mean, like, yeah, like sometimes you'll meet a guy and he's got like this huge belly and he has no money and his teeth are rotting away. He's got body odor, but you know, uh, he will only date a playboy bunny who learns Talmud. I mean, like that, that's what he wants. You know, he, he's a three and he's a two, you know, and he only wants a nine and a half. Right now, when he looks in the mirror, it's very possible. He sees a nine and a half. It's very possible. He does. So this is where we need self-awareness. We've got to know, what do I bring to the table in a real sense? And realize, always ask the question, what I'm looking for, why, why would it be that what I'm looking for would want me? Yeah, because the most important part about finding the right person is being the right person. So 
that's why I'd say that sometimes it, the, the, the smartest thing to do is to actually delay looking for your Zivug and say, I am going to, um, I'm going to go right now and I'm going to uh, go forward and I'm going to work on myself so that I'm a better quality person because I know God is going to give me a Zivug that is going to match my quality. So I'm going to find out the character traits I need to work on so I can get a person with better character traits. And one of my really amazing examples of this was one time I was speaking with a, a very fine young lady and she she was very concerned that the people she met, she goes, I really think that I meet people who, men who have anger issues. And I cannot be with someone who has anger issues. You know, my, my father had anger issues. My my mother had anger issues. My, you know, I came from a house and there was yelling and I, I don't want anger issues in my in my life. But it seemed that every guy she would date eventually had anger issues. So I said to her, I go, well, tell me, what role do you play in other people's anger issues? And she was a little shocked I asked her that question. And then with a lot of introspection and a little bit of therapy, not much, a little bit, she realized that she she triggers people. She is She has a personality that she will like eventually, not initially, eventually, as she gets close to people, she finds their buttons and she just almost subconsciously pushes their buttons. And she is, right? So, she, so I said, okay, you've got to work on that. If you don't want someone with anger, you got to work on that and get that out of your system. And then, then you can meet a more peaceful person. All right. So uh, as it turns out, uh, there was a happy ending to that one, by the way. Um, all right. So my name is Rabbi Yitzwine with Dana Rutherford. And uh, Dana, thank you so much for being part of this. And uh, thanks for being part of the Life is Great community. Obviously, we will have to have several more uh, episodes of Finding Your Soulmates to attach to all the issues that will be relevant. Thanks for listening to the Life is Great podcast. Share this with your friends and they will love you for it. If you have questions or comments, please email me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-Y-I-T-Z-W-Y-N-E at gmail. For more content, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you to Dana Rutherford for producing today's episode. And remember, if you decide to make it a great day, then your life will be great. Thank you for listening and being part of the Life is Great community. To keep these podcasts and other awesome programs available for free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at yiaishlv.org backslash contribute.